Morning, everybody. Um, so having a wee chat with my friend Linda, who often kind of inspires, stroke, guides the tone of the podcasts on the uh, nar- narcissistic mothers because she's had a very bad experience with one, and a quite a, she sounds quite a, the, her mother sounds quite a similar um, narcissist to the one to mine who uh, passed away in twenty twenty. Um. And she's, uh, we were talking about how narcissistic mothers and uh, are often busy, 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 busy people. Um, but they're busy not doing a huge amount. But we, we sort of explored that and we, we both kind of realised that, well, I think she realised before me, uh, Linda realised before me that um, covert narcissistic mothers, they're often avoiding the child that they've split black. And just for anybody that's new to my podcast, splitting somebody black means that you've made a conscious and subconscious choice to dislike them more or less suddenly out of nowhere. And there's no going back really from that. You can't, there's very little movement backwards into being loved, liked or respected with someone that has a cluster B personality disorder, such as narcissistic personality disorder. Um, because they, they because they have low to no empathy, they can literally turn their feelings on and off, and they have, they struggle with um, object permanence, which I did do a podcast on, um, around the idea that when you're not properly in their space, in their zone, um, even in their favor, you don't exist. So that's where things like discards, apathy, stonewalling, ignoring, emotional neglect, um, making you invisible, making you disappear, and also being able to be very, very cruel about you, around you, or um, abusive to you because you don't, you want, you're dehumanized because you've been split black. I won't go into that much more because I have done a podcast on when my mother split me black. I was, I think I was 11 years old and that was that. Um, so for anybody listening to this, being an absolute prick, who seems to think that the reason why my mother vastly reduced my inheritance in 2018 was because I had previous criminal convictions. You're as uneducated as I knew you were because my mother actually made a conscious choice to not love or like me when I was 11 years old. And I hadn't certainly didn't have any criminal convictions then. I hadn't even, I didn't have any boyfriends or there'd been absolutely no nonsense. There'd been absolutely nothing that my haters could say were an excuse for my mother to treat me like absolute scum when she was dying. Um, Nor for my brothers. Okay. They were five and six when I was split black. There you go. Um, So, and she'd actually changed her will before 2018 as well. She changed it a couple of times because she kept having these mad tantrums about me and I'd never done anything to her. Um, so the, the, the picture for this video is about vacancy and, and um, it's a vacancy sign. Well, I hope it is. I've not found it yet, but I'm, that's my plan. <laughs> that's my plan. Um, because narcissistic mothers can be extremely dismissive, vacant um, I've already talked a lot about the emotional neglect and the lack of investment in us in, as as females, because I talk more about narcissistic mothers and, and female daughters, uh, female daughters, God, for the love of God, um, and daughters um, and daughter scapegoats. I'm just going to take a drink of coffee. Um, so 
that's really, and it's not niche either, because actually some of my most popular podcasts are on narcissistic mothers and scapegoat daughters. And they're vacant. So one example is, um, which Linda gave me, which absolutely, yeah, me too, um, is if you're trying to show them something, like you want to show them a picture of your kids, what, um, or maybe a video that you took, you know, in the park, or you want to show them some a delicious meal you made or a fabulous cake you made. You know, you want to show off an accomplishment, achievement, or just something nice that's sort of intimate about you, you know, a success, you know, something you're proud of. You want to show, because we do, we want to impress and make our parents proud because we've we've not had those feelings from them when we've been growing up. And we're always, this is why most of us, um, narcissistic mothers, daughters, those of us who have had narcissistic mothers, we become overachievers, we become workaholics, we become reliant on other people's um, compliments and other people's opinions of us because we didn't have parents who had good opinions of us or showed any um, pride in us when we were growing up. So that's how we often we end up in uh, abusive relationships and abusive friendships because somebody was so easily able to say nice things to us and um, and use cognitive empathy to read us and tell us that they're proud of us and tell us that we're good looking and tell us that we're funny and clever and smart. Boom, knickers down. Do you know what I mean? Um, anyway, I've kind of I've kind of strayed off my theme there, but so the 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 example that me and Linda were talking about that we both shared was that our mothers when we went to show them something that we'd done, that we liked and we were proud of, they wouldn't even, they would barely, they'd glance at it, right? Probably because we'd shove it right in their faces, right? Because we'd learnt to do that, otherwise they're not going to show any interest. And then they'd look away. They'd look away into the distance, right? My mother did that. Look away into the distance, look away to the telly, which they weren't already watching, look away to the book or the magazine or the newspaper they had, or actually stand up, remove themselves from our space, remove themselves from our proud moment, from our the good feelings that we were given off, we were happy in that moment. We wanted to share something positive. They wanted to come out of that space away from us, and they'd wander off. This was me and Linda were both laughing about them wandering off, and they just wander away, wander off to go and do washing up that they'd already done, or wander off to go and fold washing they'd already folded, or wander off to nag their husband, who's their enabler in almost all instances, even if he's a narcissist. So there is that, um, <clears throat> and it's because they don't, they can't feel, the, the, the feeling of warmth or shared warmth or shared pride makes them uncomfortable because it triggers their shame because the narcissistic mother knows they're supposed to look at that. They know they're supposed to look at the picture or look at the video or look at the document or whatever it is. They're supposed to look at it, look up at us, Make eye contact and say, oh, that is amazing. I'm so proud of you, Lucy. And maybe have a little conversation about it. How did that make you feel? Or oh, you must be thrilled. And what happens next? See that? You will not get that from a narcissistic mother. But you will see that with the golden child, even the invisible child, the other siblings. You will see that in spades. Because we make them feel uncomfortable because we're forcing them to look at something and do something they don't want to do and they can't do because they've split us black at some point. We, I actually would repulse my mother when I tried to do things like that. She would actually look sick. She would look and she'd grind her teeth. I'd see the muscles in her cheeks go. She'd grind her teeth. She'd frown. 
she'd like she'd almost smack her lips like she was tasting something dirty or disgusting and I would literally be saying do you want to look at the look at the wedding dress idea I've got mum or oh, let me show you this um I bake well not so much this year but I usually I bake a lot right particularly cakes and I do really good novelty cakes right and my mum did when we were growing up, she would, when, when we were all little children, she would make a real effort, but it was very much all about, look at me, look at this fabulous cake I made. So she would, did me a castle, I think when I was five and it was huge. Um, she did my dad a tennis racket. I think it was his 40th in my head. Yeah, I think it was. Wow. Well done, Liz. Um, so she built novelty cakes. They weren't as quite as good as mine, but they were very, very good. They were the talk of the town in Tobermory, right? My mum's novelty cakes. And I think she did a few for other people. And she was a fabulous baker. I'm not as good a baker as my mum was. My mum was a very good baker. Um, but I make up for it in using different flavours. Um, so if I show my mum like a novelty cake, it'd be the same thing. You get a slidey eye and then up and away off. She'd, she'd actually stand up and move away. It was instinctive for her to put on her vacancy sign when I was trying to show anything positive off. Um, and it's the, the, you trigger their shame. You, they can't be around you. Um, and they're busy doing nothing. That's the other thing. They're, they'll they'll think up and use up excuses, but they've been doing this for decades. You just didn't notice because you were a teenager or a young woman or busy with your own life. You only start noticing this stuff when she, I think once you become a mother or you have close relationships with other mothers um, and you start to see that the other mothers are different. They they hug their daughters. They put their arms around them. They sit on the same sofa. My mum would never sit on the same sofa with me. Um, she would only manage about 20 minutes. If I sat down next to her, she'd manage about 20 minutes and then she'd fold the newspaper, fold the magazine, get up and walk away again. Um, she wouldn't engage me in conversation unless she was going to have a nag at me, have a go at me, trigger an argument, set something up. Um, so there was no warm conversations. There was no uh, warm questioning. You know, are you excited about your wedding or are you excited about the baby coming? I never, I don't ever remember my mum opening a conversation with me on a positive note, such as, oh, you must be excited about, or you must be happy about, or what are you going to do when you're on holiday? What Have you got any things that you want, places you want to go and see in particular? There was nothing like that. And that's such covert, um, emotional, parental neglect. You just don't fucking notice. And other people don't notice because other people aren't really that interested. They've got their own shit going on, right? It would have to be a well-trained social worker with a heart. And they're rare. Um, very, very rare. They're all tin men and women. Um, to sit in space with me and my mum for 10, 20 minutes and pick up on this shit. Right. And I only am able to analyze and pathologize this shit now because I've studied social care and child development and all the stuff that I should have really have realized because um, I studied all those in my mid 20s. Was it? Yeah, mid 20s. Um, and I'm 42 now. So all that sort of stuff. And they would pick up on that now because I had family social workers for a, a period of time during my offending a few years ago and quite a few years ago now actually and there was a lot of attention on um what, what I did for my kids um emotionally 
because they knew that the house was fine. They knew they were well fed. They knew that my, I paid attention to their education and their, their, how they were dressed and things. And obviously cleanliness and things, right? That was fine. My, you know, I was the A-star mom on those levels. But when it came to emotionally being around for them and for them, I wasn't because I'd been in abusive relationships. And I was then I'd got caught up in offending and I was just trying to hold hold on to the cliff edge, to be fair. Um and it was no it was it was something we discussed a lot. Um they were very it wasn't that they were aware on it, but it was these were points of discussion as though they knew they should be. Forty well, thirty years ago around my mum, I, I like to think that people would have said she's done she doesn't she's totally there's no emotional nourishment from Joy. There's none, there's nothing. She's not interested in Lucy. They don't do things together. She doesn't cuddle her. She doesn't talk to her. She doesn't ask her about good things in her life. She nags her. She's like, you know, she'll, she'll keep me busy, but we wouldn't be chatting about things while we were busy. You know, it's not like, come on, Lucy, we'll go make 60 scones. And that sounds a stupid number, but it's actually the right amount because that's, that's how many my dad would have needed for six wildlife trips because that was his job. Um, we'll go make 60 scones. While we were making them, there wouldn't be mother-daughter time. I was her, I was there as her colleague. I was there as a worker. I was there as a fellow baker. I was not there as her daughter. It wasn't mother-daughter time. Um, and like I say, she would avoid, narcissistic mothers will avoid mother-daughter time. And, and the problem with getting older, right, is you there are more and more mother-daughter events. From bridesmaids dresses, choosing, choosing wedding dresses, bridesmaids dresses, to typically going and getting your nails done, going and getting your hair done, going for dinners, going little weekends away, going to spa hotels, going clothes shopping, going baby shopping, you know, visiting when you've had a baby, um, your your Hindu or your uh, bachelorette party, you know, you get divorced or you get made redundant, you know, all these, you know, maybe you're sexually assaulted. I'm sure one in four women have been sexually assaulted. I've been sexually assaulted, sexually abused and raped. You know, I'm ticking all the boxes, lucky me. Um your partner cheats on you, it escalates. The amount of times you need your mum as a young woman, as a woman, as an adult, escalate. They become more and more and more frequent. Your expectations get higher and higher and higher and higher because your needs get higher and higher and higher. And this is a really, really, really exposing time for the narcissistic mother because she can't just get up and go do the washing up because you've asked to help her to help you with your homework. She, the expectation is there that your mother will come to you if you've been raped. Your mother will come to you if you've been made redundant and you're absolutely terrified about money and your mortgage. Your mother will come to you if you've got a new baby and a toddler and you need a break. The expectations pile up and pile up. And this is why it becomes more and more chaotic, more and more abusive and more and more, um, there's more smearing, more triangulation and, and your relationship falls apart because you simply wanted your mum to be there like other mums are. And this is when the covert stuff is out the window and it becomes much more overt, which I have done podcasts on, so I won't go into that. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I am the Narcissist Hunter. I also do no contact coaching, so I help people um, put in place and maintain a no contact lifestyle, trademarked. Um... And uh, you can get in touch with me on Twitter, Instagram, my YouTube channel. Don't know if you can get in touch with me here. I'm sure you can, maybe-ish. Or you can email me, training.lucywoodhouse at googlemail.com.